please don't wait till it's too late. Call McIntyre Elder Law. Hello, I'm Greg McIntyre with McIntyre Elder Law. Whoa, I'm Greg McIntyre with McIntyre Elder Law, helping seniors protect their assets and legacies. Let me get you straight there. All right, good deal. So, um, good to be here with you today. This is the Elder Law Report. This is my weekly question and answer on Periscope and or Meerkat. So, please log on. If you can, please log on and uh, uh, swipe right, okay, and invite people to join. Share our broadcast, all right? Swipe and share our broadcast with your friends, and uh, we want people to log on, ask us questions. Um, yes, I have a name tag on that says, Greg, I'm an attorney here in North Carolina. That's so I don't forget my name, and so that the people that I meet with, even for the first time, don't forget my name. Every attorney in our office, every, I'm sorry, every staff member in our office has one of these name tags, so, so you know exactly who they are. I wear the American flag pendant because I'm a U.S. Navy veteran, and we believe, we love our veterans, we try to help them as much as possible. So even if you log on from around the nation, uh, I'm a North Carolina attorney, so obviously any information I put out would be applicable in the state of North Carolina. So just to put that out, but uh, please join us. I uh, would love to entertain you for a few minutes. Our topic today is the top three things, actually it's the top three questions you have about elder law, that people have about elder law. And it's also the top three things you need to know. But, but, uh, but these are the top three things that I've found through giving educational talks and things of that nature. One that I gave yesterday even, where these questions were the most frequent. Okay, uh, And we'll start talking about that here in a second. Uh, I'm going to try to pull this up on, our, on my laptop as well. Here we go. Just popped up. I'm going to pull this up on the laptop as well so I can take your questions a little easier. Thank you, Stephanie, for joining. I think Julia has joined there. Um, so, looks like my laptop's connecting here, and then we'll be off and running. Okay, here we go. So, Pump me up, give me a lot of hearts, uh, and I'd appreciate it, okay? So so the top three things. Um, one yesterday was, uh, you know, that, that we talked about is, you know, not have, is not having a lot of debt. Is that protection against a spin down, against a Medicaid spin down, or against, uh, or against uh, the danger of paying large amounts of money for long-term care, against lien protection, things of that nature? And, you know, we had a, somebody yesterday who, who asked a question, hey, you know, my husband is shrewd. He's frugal. He's, uh, you know, we don't have hardly, you know, any debt at all, or we don't have any debt. What do we have to worry about? You know, everything we have is paid for. We have a bunch of rental houses. You know, they're personally in our own name. And, and we, we don't have any worries because we've lived right. We've paid off all our debt. We don't have any mortgages. We've paid everything cash out of pocket. And, you know, and I, my question to her was simply, okay, so if you or your husband have a long-term care event and it costs you 
seventy-five dollars to $100,000 per year to pay for that care indefinitely, is that going to put a dent in your finances? Are the rental houses still going to be okay? Is the bank account going to be, still be okay? Are the money you, that you, monies that you have in savings, is that going to be okay? And there's a puzzled look, and it's, it's I mean, the answer is no. No. I mean, it doesn't ha- matter how much money you have at that rate of a spin down, you're not going to be okay. Um, there's not going to be really anything okay about it. Uh, it's going to be very hard for you um, to, to maintain your lifestyle and your savings if you're spending down money at that rate. So, um, uh, to, to maintain your lifestyle and your savings. If... So, um, in addition, what should you do to get some protection? What should you do in that case? Well, just ballparking it, just from my experience and my knowledge uh, of elder law, my initial recommendation is, okay, uh, just from a liability standpoint, need to separate that liability with the rental houses and the personal income. That way, if you get sued above and beyond by a renter, by, uh, you know, somebody leasing uh, a place uh, that says, you know, you didn't, you know, fix the steps right or, or, or something, and we fell down the steps and broke our legs or, you know, repair lines or something, you know, and, and you can't pay that, you need to bifurcate your liability, separate your liability from uh, from your business liability, which should be your your uh, rentals, which, you know, would involve maybe setting up an LLC and putting all the rental houses in, in that LLC and then uh, controlling that LLC, putting it all in one box and separating it so that, no matter if the insurance covered it or not, it wouldn't come back against your personal assets. They couldn't attack your house, your car, your savings for retirement, things of that nature. So you're totally exposed there, in my mind, if you haven't made that protection. That's just one thing. Then you have to fund that LLC, do all the deed transfers over, so the LLC owns it, for instance. You could do similar work with trust, okay? Uh, either one would work very well in this instance. I think an LLC would, I'd feel more comfortable with an LLC if I had a lot of rentals to deal with um, and manage that just in the same box. If you really wanted to get complicated with it, but very protective with it, we'd put each one of those rentals in its own box or LLC and then encase that in a larger box, which would be an LLC that jo- that owned all those sub-LLCs. Now you're really talking about things that involve a lot of legal work, but but are really top-tier liability protection strategies, okay? Just putting degrees of separation between your personal assets and wealth and and, uh, what you've worked for your entire life and your business assets or other things that you've devised or developed in your life and bought to, to provide income for you through retirement, okay? Obviously, it would be up to the senior as to how many boxes or levels of protection they wanted to add there. But you could see how that could go on for quite a while and be very exhaustive to another plaintiff's attorney or someone individual who was money hungry trying to get at their personal nest egg and assets. It would be very hard for them to do. Um, So layers of protection. It's just like, you know, that's how you stay warm in the winter. Wear layers, right? Same thing with legal planning in that in that. sense of the word, okay, or in that situation. Um, also, you might want to look at doing some deed planning on your homestead, so we add a protective deed there, like a ladybird deed, and uh, 
and maybe look at, uh, at how many cash assets you have uh, that are personal to you and whether a trust or, or some type of uh, Medicaid Asset Protection Trust or other type of, of instrument might be best for you to make sure that we protect what you have. Uh, are you a veteran? Is your husband a veteran? Are you both veterans? Um, is there uh, something we need to know? Uh, like, did you serve one day during wartime? Are you eligible for aid and attendance? Uh, could we easily qualify you for, for veterans' aid and attendance? That could add up to 2500 to $2,750 if both were veterans per month, maximum benefit to your monthly income. That could help out a lot if one of you uh, had some type of long-term care situation. So, so yes, are there things to talk about? Hey, do you even have your foundations in place? Do you have your general durable power attorney, healthcare power attorney, living will, will? So is there anything to talk about there? It's great that you were shrewd with your money, but have you been shrewd and prudent with your legal planning and protective legal planning strategies? That's where I come in. That's where an elder law attorney, estate planning and elder law attorney, comes in. So, yes. Yes, you still have things to be concerned about. In fact, I think you probably have more to be concerned about than the normal person. Okay? Or the average person. Can I use a ladybird deeds on a rental house? That's a very good question. In North Carolina, you would not be able to use a ladybird deed under the rules. That's not the what it's meant for. Uh, thank you very much. That's J Rob, J Robbie or Roby 149. So no, you would not be able to use a ladybird deed on the rental house. That is specifically for the homestead. Now it could be for the house and one acre around it, if that's what the house and land is, or it could be a house and a thousand acres that are connected with it. Okay. So, uh, and, you know, are, are there other tracks that are hanging out there? The property might have been divided up. I see that all the time. That could be combined. Right now, I'm the only attorney I know that has written a ladybird deed of combination. I do it all in one deed. No sense in doing a combo deed and a ladybird deed. But uh, I pride myself on that. Uh, being efficient uh, and prudent with your money and with your legal documents, that's the way to draft. Um, so, uh, no, it's for your home. And that's what it's meant for. You have to use other strategies for the rental house. But are there strategies? Yes, there are. And I'd be glad to meet with you and talk about those legal strategies. So, um, contact our firm. Private message me on Twitter, at Lawyer Greg. Let me know your question. We'll talk a little bit more about that. And strategies, uh, more advanced strategies on how to protect your rental property, the farmland in the upper part of the county, or, uh, or the, the house at the beach or the house in the mountains, okay? Other properties, okay, besides the one you live on, can be protected as well and should be protected. Especially in planning ahead, it becomes much easier to do. Um, another, number two, number two, top three questions that I get about elder law. What if my daughter predeceases me? So talking about a situation where there's an executor, a power of attorney, or a healthcare power of attorney, and the attorney, in fact, or the executor, um, is, say, the I, I advise, I look at it like a ball game. If the first attorney, in fact, you've appointed fouls out, you need to have somebody coming off the bench to take that person's place. 
If that person fouls out, is unable or unwilling to serve, then you need to have another person coming out off the bench to take that person's place. And you should go, in my opinion, two to three people deep for subs. You need to have a deep bench, okay, for subs there so that that document grows with you and lasts you throughout your entire life. Just in case, heaven forbid, your husband or wife passed away and was unable to uh, was unable to serve as your attorney, in fact, for your business, personal and business affairs or for your health care decisions. So you automatically have that trusted son or daughter coming in to make those decisions for you and handle affairs. And you don't have to get that re document redone or done, have any new legal um, work done if that husband or wife, that first person passes away that you had in there. And the document should be written as such. Should, you know, should my wife be unable or unwilling to serve and name your wife, uh, then I nominate uh, or I designate my daughter and her name uh, to serve as my lawful attorney, in fact, okay, in her stead. And, and, and then, you know, you can, we can add other people in there uh, so that we have people to take the primary attorney, in fact, uh, to, to take that person's place, okay? So that's my answer to that question. It's important to have that if that's available. The, the last one, number three, last but not least, might be the most one. This should have been number one. Hey, I have a will. Um, do you do wills? Yes, we do wills. Hey, I have a will, so I'm good. I already had my wills, will done. We had our wills done. Okay? That's great. But I know that there's a 7 out of 10 chance that everybody over 65 right now is going to need some type of long-term care during their life whether it be in-home, assisted living, or nursing home care. Just based on our healthcare technology and the age of people right now in the population, that's just the facts, according to a 2005 U.S. Department of Health and Human Services report. Um, so, if you have a will, that is great, and I think that's great. I'd love to take a look at that will, make sure it is up to snuff. Um, I, I do that all the time. Um, just to check those documents out. Uh, but if we're passing your home, for instance, through your will, then what do we do? And I've talked about this before. We open it up to a probate estate down at the courthouse. So you've got to go down to the courthouse. You have to pay to open the estate. You have to publish it in the paper most times. Wait 90 days, not for people to throw money into your estate so that you have more there, but for people to attach liens, like Medicaid liens, liens for health care costs the last year of your life. Uh, heaven forbid you had a car wreck that didn't, and insurance didn't cover the whole amount. That lien could attach, okay? Um, any, any lien, any debt that has been unpaid or comes in on the estate. Old to pay for the Medicaid lien or whatever other lien there was. And we see that happen all the time to pay for healthcare liens. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad you have a will. But to me, the will is just the safety net. Whatever we don't directly make transferable upon death assets uh, that travels outside of the probate estate, directly to, much, the financial industry is way ahead on this. Um, if you have a life insurance policy and you place a beneficiary on there, who gets the money? Does it go to the estate? Hopefully, you haven't placed the beneficiary as the estate. You've named a beneficiary, a primary, secondary beneficiary. You have people coming off the bench there, too. So you've named that beneficiary, 
and it's going to pass directly to uh, the person that you named by, by check that they cash and no liens attached. Okay, that's how we want to make your your real estate, your house that you work for for 30 or 40 years during your life. That's how we may want to make that work as well. So, so just going over the top three questions, not having debt is not a protection against a Medicaid spend down or, or against a large monetary money spend down, paying large amount for long-term care. That's not a, it's not protection. That's great. That's smart that you don't have debt but it's not protection. What if my daughter predeceases me or one of my attorney in facts that I've named predeceases me? We list multiple, list multiple to come in and take and replace. So that's something we work on. Executors the same way. And I have a will. That's great that you have a will, but that's probably the worst place that we could pass property. We don't, we want to try to prevent that if possible and protect that property. So that's what we talk about when I meet with a person who is interested in doing some protective planning and seeing what options are out there. Hey, I'm uh, Greg McIntyre with McIntyre Elder Law. This has been the uh, Periscope q and I'm on Periscope today, not Meerkat. Uh, love both audiences. But uh, this has been the Periscope Q&A, the Elder Law Report. Uh, I'm with McIntyre Elder Law, uh, helping seniors protect their assets and legacies. Uh, share us on Twitter. Share us on, uh, friend us on Facebook, follow us. Uh, our Twitter handle, I'm at Lawyer Greg, at Lawyer Greg, okay? So, so look us up, and uh, we'll come to you every week uh, on Friday, generally Friday at noon, okay? So count on Friday at noon from now on, and uh, we'll, do, we'll discuss an elder law topic. If you have an elder law question or topic, email me at greg at mickelderlaw.com. Look us up online. You can contact me on the site as well. I do tons of media, write lots of articles about elder law and estate planning issues, mcelderlaw.com, uh, and follow us on Periscope, okay, at Lawyer Greg. It's been great speaking with you today. Thank you for the questions, and uh, you have a great day. Life is busy, we all know. We put off planning till things get slow. Tomorrow's never promised today. Don't get too busy and let it all slip away. Don't wait till it's too late. Call McIntyre Elder Law. Foundational planning or more complex. We can help when you're perplexed. If a loved one needs long-term care, we can help avoid some of the scare. Please don't wait till it's too late. Call McIntyre Elder Law. Estate planning benefits and even probate. We take the planning piece off your plate. If you or your spouse were in the military, we can help with benefits for your family. Please don't wait till it's too late. Call back.